This is episode number 36 with 21-year-old iTunes Top 100 podcaster, Mark Metry. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 20-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, it is my mission to bring you empowering people and messages to help you learn anything and take control of your life while fulfilling your vision of success. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and school is now in session. All right, here we are, episode number 36, and I've got my friend Mark Metry on the show today. He is 21 years old, but let me tell you, Mark Metry is no normal 21-year-old. He interviews billionaires, New York Times best-selling authors, and legendary world-class human beings on his iTunes Top 100 podcast, Humans 2.0. He's able to do this when only a short time ago, he couldn't even make direct eye contact with anyone and suffered from a socially anxious prison of his mind. He's trying to impact and influence others by evolving himself the same way he was impacted and empowered to upgrade to the next version of his self, version 2.0. He is a self-described curious nerd that loves creating, meditating, writing, exercising, and cooking. Now, one of many of the interesting things about Mark is that he's been in the game for so long, even at just 21 years old. At age 13, he had amassed 35,000 YouTube subscribers, And by age 15, he had the number one Minecraft server in the world, raking in hundreds of thousands of dollars. His total podcast lessons and video views amount to over 2.2 million views. And on August 16th, 2018, his podcast hit number 96 on the top podcast in the world on iTunes just one month ago. He has thousands of dedicated listeners with a 95% retention rate per episode and we did talk a lot about that today podcasting growth strategies because i need help with that and so do many other people so we dug pretty deep into that and he gave me his top three growth strategies we also talked about morning routines and why it is so important not to check your phone first in the morning. We talked about imposter syndrome, how there are so many broke people selling courses on how to be financially free. It can be quite confusing out there nowadays. We also talked about the hallmark of the most successful people in the world. Man, these interviews just keep getting more and more fun for me. And this has been the most fun one today. I could relate to him on so many levels. We had a really amazing, amazing conversation, and I know you're going to enjoy it just as much as I did. And if you're listening to this right now, go ahead and show me that you're listening to this by taking a screenshot and posting it on your Instagram story and tagging me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I can reply to you. Now, without further ado, here is the one, the only Mark Metry.
All right, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. Dude, Jordan, thank you so much for having me, and thank you to everyone out there for listening. Rock on. So tell me if I read this right, how you got your start. You were 15 years old. Uh, you're 21 now, by the way, for, for context. Mm-hmm. You were 15 years old, and you had a the number one Minecraft server in the world, generating hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. How does, how does one set out to do that? Or you probably didn't even set out to do it. No, no, not at all. So I kind of got my start because, um, you know, I was just uh, growing up. I was a, I was labeled as, you know, one of those shy kids. And, uh, it's like one of the, one of my favorite things to do is just to play video games. Right. So I started playing video games, like different ones, like Call of Duty and, and things like that. Those are like the first like legit games I got into. And, you know, that time it was like 2009, 10. And um, so like, you know, YouTube was a thing. So I'd go on YouTube and I'd search for like videos, to, like try to learn tips and tricks and like how to get better at the game. So I did that. And then eventually what ended up happening was I started recording those videos myself because I was like, okay, I've learned here. Like I'm the best one out of my friends. Like I got to start putting this stuff out there. And that's where I really got like my, um, that's when I really started developing like the whole like online marketing, like posting videos. Like I was doing it in 2011 where like it was, it was the, the dumbest thing ever. Like, like everyone was like, wait, you play video games and then you record that and then other people watch the video of that. Like that was not a real thing, even though today, you know, if you go to YouTube, gaming is like the number one category. It's like the number two. So it's like, so I was doing that. And then basically that led me into one of my friends was like, yo, dude, you got to start playing this game called Minecraft. And I was like, you know, what is this game? Like whenever I look at it, it just looks like, you know, like an like an interactive lego game like that's so stupid why would i do that so like, i left it alone like i tried to ignore it and then eventually like my friend just kept on coming back he's like yo dude you gotta get on this game so i got out on there and um him and i joined uh, like a couple of minecraft servers um which is just like this multiplayer place where you can play and there's like different versions of it and like there's all these different kinds of games within minecraft on multiplayer and um you know i realized that you know, a lot of these servers, they sucked. And like the only reason why people were on them was because there weren't that many at the time. So like literally like a day or two after I started playing Minecraft, I was like, yo, I got to start a server. And I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, I didn't even know anything about Minecraft, but I was just like, there's, you know, there's some sort of thing. So like, I just Googled it. I tried to figure it out. I like read articles, like, and like watched YouTube tutorial after YouTube tutorial. And, um, eventually I ended up hiring this dude from India to like help me do some of the things I didn't understand how to do for like 30 bucks online. I bought a server host for like $8 a month, um, a website for free, or it was like five bucks. It was like some, some ridiculous price. Right. And then basically I started the server, you know, learning my way through everything, Googling my way through everything. Um, about uh, about a two weeks after it came out, it was like Thanksgiving time. So it was two weeks right before Thanksgiving. 
And, um, you know, I just looked at the other websites, look at the other servers and, you know, they were charging money for people not to play on the server, but for microtransactions and things, you know, where people can pay like five bucks, 10 bucks, like the same way that Candy Crush and like all the other iPhone games work, like it's free to play. But if you want to, you know, get this thing or that thing, then you got to pay real life money. So I just like did that just from like copying other people. And then like, I remember that weekend I made like 300 bucks. The next month I made like $3,000 and like it just kept on going up and up and up. And I never even thought about it that way. And it was really something that, to be honest, I wasn't even connected to that. Like going back to what you said at the beginning, um, before we got on this call. So I think connection is really everything. And I wasn't really connected with that. Um, but here's the more interesting part, right? So this whole server thing kind of happens, right? I just totally stumble into it. But the more interesting thing is like growing up as a kid, you know, my parents came to the United States a year before I was born. Um, they grew up in like uh, central Massachusetts or they, they came to central Massachusetts, um, you know, lived, lived in an apartment with like a bunch of other family members. You know, it took us a couple of years to get like our first car. And then after that, we were on like government housing and food stamps. And like looking back as a kid, other people were always like donating food to us and clothes. And I like never understood it as a kid, but then now I do it's because we didn't have enough money. But eventually like what ended up happening was like when you grow up with that kind of like mentality, you know, you like to start thinking in your life like, oh, okay, so like once I, you know, find or found like the next Facebook and I make a billion or like a million dollars or whatever it is, then I'll finally be happy. And like what ended up happening was I was living on like that mindset. And then when I made all that money and just went to a whole different place, despite making that money, you know, Tom Bill, you talks about this, the story that you tell yourself about yourself still doesn't change. So that happened to me. And that's, that's kind of like the bigger point of the whole Minecraft server and the kind of effect that it did on my life. You know, it taught me a lot of great things and, you know, it made me fall, um, a little bit into the the fruits or like the negative fruits of success, like being comfortable, complacency, um, you know, even arrogance, thinking you know everything, thinking you're better than other people. Um, so that so that kind of happened, and like and like looking back in my life, like I just uh, like that that was like the first business that I really had like hit it big, right? Like making me a, a, a bunch of money. But I've I, like throughout my entire life, I was always like trying to like, you know, freelance. I was always trying to like sell something. I was always trying to do something, make something creative. Like I'd like do art. I'd like win art competitions. I'd like played guitar for a little bit. I like started to like make my own like guitar picks from like pieces of paper and like just doing all different sorts of things. That was the first time I kind of hit it big. And that basically began to set the, uh, the framework for the rest of my life that I didn't even know at that time. Cause I wasn't really conscious of what I was doing. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I want to go back to the story, how you were just kind of chasing, uh, you know, your, the story in your head didn't change. You were making this money, but the story in your head didn't change. How has the story in your head changed now, six years later or so? Yeah. So basically when I got into college, my freshman year, uh, didn't do, um, didn't really do much like in terms of my um, 
you know, academic success, like throughout my entire, like I was never really a great student. Like I, I was always the person that was like, just trying to slide by, like just trying to slide by. Cause I knew I had to do this, but I know like, um, like I was basically like mentally dropped out. Right. But I didn't really have a goal. I didn't really have a vision to aim it on. Right. So basically what ended up happening is, you know, I basically just get like, you know, I start learning a bunch of things in college. My worldview starts starting and event, you know, at the, at first it starts off with a not so great path. Like the, you know, like there's like the common term, that's the fresh, like you gain the freshman 15. Yes. I gained the freshman 60. Oh man. So I basically gained a bunch of weight from stress, from like going to sleep at 4 a.m. and then waking up at 8 a.m., going to class, drinking like three Red Bulls, coming back, taking a nap, going to this, eating like, you know, like these fried chicken tenders and fries and like going this and doing that, um, you know, drinking this, doing that, you know, the college life. And I basically just like went all in. And like really the main thing is like when I got in college and I started to begin an understanding of like the future of my life. And I started to hear other people talk about like, Oh yeah, dude, you know, I'm going to graduate in two years. And then when I get out, I'm going to get like this six figure salary at like, you know, JP Morgan and this and that. And like the <laughs> thought of that, the thought of that was literally burning me alive. And I, cause like, cause like going back to what I said, like when I grew up with like that immigrant mentality, like my role models were people like, um, like Mark Zuckerberg, like people that like started all like these like tech companies in Silicon Valley and stuff. So like I always, I always know and, and, and believe that that's going to be, you know, the kind of end vision for me. So like I was kind of growing up with that and, you know, college and getting like the six figure salary and like just doing this every day at your nine to five was not very appealing to me. So like when I started to actually see what my future was going to be, then like the inner um, soul in me was like, bro, what's going on, man? You can't do this, man. You're Mark Metry. You started a, you know, a six figure business just out of a Minecraft server and having fun, man. You can't do that. So basically that was all going on. And, um, so like in turn and like how I dealt with that is like, instead of actually dealing with those emotions and dealing with those thoughts, you know, then that's like when the food came in, when I started like, you know, watching TV shows every day and just like trying to like waste my life away. And like, that's when I got obese. And I eventually, um, like I was always kind of a, like an anxious person throughout my entire life, but like, that's when I like really got depressed and like, you know, that, that was a fairly dark time in my life. And like, basically what happened was, so I went through that depression and, you know, after the semester ended, I ended up going back home for the summer and, you know, over there, I got connected to my family, started living with them, you know, went, went traveling a little bit, went back to, um, you know, where my parents are originally from in Egypt. And, you know, that summer just gave me a bunch of perspective and, you know, it just enabled me to start asking questions like, and of course, while this was happening, I was not consciously aware of it, right? Like I had no idea that this was like my quote unquote rock bottom at that time. So I started asking questions and I was like, okay, I don't even know what happened. But all I know is that I don't want that again. So like during that summer, I just, I traveled, I like started learning more about like just everything in life and um, started like panning out my interests and just start doing things that I w was never doing before, like really just experimenting. And like basically like the main mindset shift was, um, so the next year, right, 
I, uh, I go back to college and I end up discovering this diet called Bulletproof. Yes. And basically, I end up doing that. And from what I understand, you know, I lost like all the weight like that over the course of like a couple months. I had more energy than I've ever had in my entire life. I never slept better and like woke up like feeling amazing. Um, just so many different things, right? So I go to, into that and, you know, my anxiety that I've always had for most of my life is like almost gone. Like it's almost non-existent. It's manageable now. And from that point, I like have like this two week period. Maybe this was because I was like, I, my body just got into ketosis and I had mental clarity that I've never had before. But I basically just like begin to understand like everything that I've been telling you. Like up to that point, I was, I was never consciously aware of my life. Um, I never knew like the way that that life works. I never knew um, what things affected me, what things didn't affect me, where my attention was going. And like from that point on, that's when I discovered things like, um, you know, meditation. I started exercising on a regular basis. I started sleeping well. I started, um, you know, just, just like becoming aware of so many different things. And a month after that, that's when I started my business, um, View Dream which is a, uh, it's a digital marketing agency in the virtual and augmented reality industry. So like that was the main mindset shift. That's what happened to me. Um, so like that happened. And then after that, like a month later, I started my business. And then like seven months after that, then that's when I started my podcast. So like this stuff is pretty recent. So yeah, you're, I guess you're 20, 20 at that point, right? No, I was, um, I was 19. Oh, 19. Okay, right on. A couple of things there, man. What you said about the the whole nine to five, getting some job burning you alive. I feel the exact same way. I know we've, I know we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago on the phone, um, just how uh, broken the education system is, and and uh, you know just how getting a job is not really a, a appealing. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to wake up to be managed you know, micro right. micromanage. And number two was, I don't even remember what number two was, but you said something funny, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> So for people, people like us, I know you had a really great post about this on LinkedIn the other day. You're really good at LinkedIn, by the way, you're a whiz on there. And but you had a really good post, I believe about morning routines. Uh, what is what is your morning routine? What does the first hour of your day look like? And why is it so, why is it so important, man? You know, there's all this hype about morning routines. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's great. So like I first started developing an understanding the concept of a morning routine when, um, I, uh, I read, uh, of course, Hal Elrod's book, the, the morning routine book. And, and then the, the other thing is like when I started doing Bulletproof and, um, you know, there's oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Bulletproof. Oh yeah. Bulletproof. Sorry. But, but yeah, I, I raised my hand in, in marketing class about Bulletproof the other day. Cause we were talking about like, in what situation would you ever like buy coffee? And I, w I literally said uh, like, or Starbucks, like what, when would you buy Starbucks? I'm like, I would never buy Starbucks. You know, it's just so stupid. So yeah. I raise my hand and I give everyone the spiel on bulletproof and, nice. and, and mycotoxin free coffee beans. And mm -hmm. people are looking at me like I'm a freaking alien, man, but bulletproof coffee. 
and the whole bulletproof diet is 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 real. It's it's very it's very effective, as you know. But anyway, bulletproof. What, what were you saying? Sorry. Yeah. So basically, what I was saying is, so like the whole bulletproof coffee thing of putting grass-fed butter and MCT oil in your coffee and like blending it in a blender and doing all that stuff. I first started doing that in the morning. And that was like, that started to set the foundation of me for having a morning routine. Cause basically like I wanted to start waking up early. And, um, so I was living with a bunch of roommates at that time. And, um, so basically what I do is I just wake up wicked early and I do that coffee. So like that began my morning routine. And, you know, today it's always changing. It's always like, I love thinking about it. And it's something that you know, there's always interchangeable parts and depending on the day, the context the environment like it always depends but ideally what i like to do is um so like the first like when i wake up in the morning and i like first begin to like become conscious of my existence (laughs) i in that like in that zone where you're like kind of starting to wake up and stuff that's where i started to do this thing called like lucid dreaming it's not like the one where you know, you're, you're in your dream and you control it or stuff like that. But it's like the in-between of that. It's like the halfway point where like you're slowly waking up and you're slowly not awake. And like by just doing that time and time over again, you train your brain to like enter you in these great states. So then like the first maybe 15, 30 minutes of the day is just like me in bed doing that. <laughs> and like what that does is it basically just like sets the foundation. It like, um, you know, makes me think about things that I don't normally think about in that kind of way. And then that leads me on to like accomplishing problems and solutions in creative ways. So like I usually do that. And then when I wake up, I, uh, I either like to uh, just go outside and go for a walk, you know, without my phone or anything, just for like 10, 15 minutes and just like, just like, you know, address myself to the world and like look at the sun and just breathe in, drink some water uh, and then after that, I do some uh, meditation. And after that, I um, do some journaling. Uh, I do the five-minute journal. But it, again, it always changes. Like the questions always change. What I try to structure, it always changes. Um, and then I uh, do some kind of exercise. And then once I do my exercise, then I'll kind of uh, have breakfast. And then I'll take a shower. And then I'm off for the day. Yeah, man. It shocks me how many people roll over and just check their phone right away. Like the first thing it's, and uh, uh, this was what you said in your post as well, I believe. It's just like a roll of the dice. It's like playing Russian roulette. You're not, you don't, you're a slave to whatever pops up. And, and I, it, it notifications, man, it gives me like the fight or flight <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it, like emails do at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, dude, it's so interesting. Like I literally two weeks ago, I was literally doing that. Like I was literally, I just had like this week where I was just like looking over, checking my phone. Cause like I, I had so much different things going on and I like, I thought like that was the best way to like, you know, get myself on it, but it, it's really not a, a good scenario at all. And like, that's, that's why I think, um, you know, the whole lucid dreaming, like the 15, yeah. 30 minutes, keeping those to yourselves. You know, some people do some kind of meditation the second they wake up and things because like, like for me and a lot of, of a lot of other people, you know, I, I think it's best to, you know, address and manage and, you know, take a look and become conscious and aware of, 
you know, your internal world, like your soul. What does that want? Maybe it's trying to push you in this way. And like, I don't want to get like too woo woo about it or anything, but it's just like, you know, I'm a pretty creative and imaginative guy. And if I don't deal with that at first, it's just going to keep on, you know, getting in the way for the rest of the day. And when I do do that, I'm like unbelievably more focused, 20 times more productive, um, just, just unbelievable different states. So like, I, and the, the, the whole lucid dreaming thing, that first 15, 30 minutes part, I learned that from um, inventor and futurist Ray Kurzweil. If you don't know who that is, definitely Google his name, look him up and um, you'll be surprised. Right on, right on. All right, let's break this down. Let's get real here. You, real. you and I have, have uh, I, I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but I've seen amazing posts on LinkedIn about it. And me, our mutual friend, Brian Ford, who I was mm-hmm. on the phone with last week, we had a, we had a great uh, conversation about these imposters. There mm-hmm. are an unbelievable amount of broke people selling courses on how to be financially free there's these quote-unquote success coaches that have no taste of success it's like me calling myself a basketball player because i go listen mark i play basketball at the gym with my friend all the time and i beat him like two times out of three pretty regularly i'm a basketball player but if i put it in my headline on linkedin they're just stupid it's and you know what else it's doing it's devaluing uh there's a lot of fake entrepreneurs too they're wannabe entrepreneurs they're entrepreneurs that are just they're devaluing the title of of you know success coach or or entrepreneur which is a shame that those titles are being devalued in this way and you you said it was like 99.999 percent of the advice you hear is bs for this reason yeah. So, okay. So, so in terms of the advice, you know, I was just kind of saying like, you know, everyone's got like, you know, like their claim to fame, like, oh yeah, you know, you just got to do this thing or do that thing and do this. And like, the reason is like, they're not wrong, but the reason is, is like, that's just what works for them. So like the reason why I think 99.99999% of the advice that you get, it's just not compatible with you because it lacks the context right so like you in terms of advice like you you've got to get somebody that is very um you know perceptive and intuitive and be able to have like a long-term relationship um not always you know i don't want to make any assumptions um in, in order to actually get good advice but at the same time you know you can you can always learn something from everyone right like so you can always you know, like the people that, that you hate and like this and that, you know, you can still learn from them, you know, it's like, and that just depends on you. And there's like, um, there's like a fine line between where you want to do that. Like, you know, focusing in on, you know, like the imposters out there, this and that. And there's the other line of like, what you should be doing more of is just like focusing in on yourself. Right. That that's the main thing. So like there are a lot of coaches and and this and that out there, but dude, it's it's the same exact thing as like you know all the um, like the cryptocurrency ICOs popping up and then them leaving like a month in. It's just because it's a really hot thing, and whenever there's a really hot thing, there's always just a bunch of people on it. But like this is the thing, and this is a trap that a lot of people fall into. Jordan, it's this: they, they look around on LinkedIn like, oh, all these all these coaches, all these people, like these people suck. They don't know what they're doing. And, and yeah, there, there's a lot of legitimacy to that. And a lot of them should not be doing that. But here's the thing. 
when you place your focus and attention on those people, what ends up happening is when you do the same thing, when you try to sell something, when you do your own course, when you're in coach, you fall into imposter syndrome. And then you begin to believe that, oh, I don't, like, or like when you're speaking or when you're giving a workshop, you start to have doubts about yourself. You start to have, you know, new insecurities or, or, or insecurities that become revealed because like, you know, a lot of people are just um, hating on this one group of people. And like what ends up happening is you just end up doing that to yourself. So like I've talked to so many people where, and they're like amazing people. They're like awesome coaches and, and awesome people in that kind of industry that like have very openly spoken to me about their imposter syndrome and like the ones that are really smart about it, the ones that have really dug down deep into like their psyche as much as possible. That's the conclusion they come down to because they have that um, view of other people. Then what ends up happening is they start putting that on themselves. So like for me, even though I wrote a LinkedIn post about it, I don't really focus on that at all. Like I really don't. And I, and I really don't focus on what other people are doing. Like, that's just the thing that I've learned. And you always want to be like listening. You always want to be seeing like who's doing this just so you can learn. Right. Cause I think that's like, that's a necessity in life for me at least, but I really don't focus on, um, you know, those, those kinds of things. Cause I'm just so involved in like what I'm doing and, and like the way that I think about it is, uh, you know, at this stage of my life, at least it's like every minute that I give, just like my attention, my focus to something other than myself and my own story, you know, I'm just robbing myself of that, you know? And like, you see this all the time. Like you see people that are like 60 years old. You see people that like literally are not doing anything with their lives. And all they do is just like talk about like, dude, the the Republicans or the Democrats or this or like these people like that. Like, dude, how dare they? Or like, they're always trying to, I'm not, I'm not saying you're doing this obviously, but they're always trying to, you know, have the excuse to be outraged at something. Oh yeah. Um, in order. And what that does is that removes ownership, that removes accountability from their own lives. So it's an excuse that they're doing to not actually c- control and command their own life. Let's, let's, let's get a little bit deeper in this. Talk about video games, right? People literally sit there like I did. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm not saying video games are bad. I think video games are great. But some people like they literally get on a game like Skyrim and they literally just like invest their entire life into this game, like ranking up, like becoming like the best person in that game, like collecting everything, destroying everything, improving their stats. That is just like a simulation of like reality and like what you could, this is my opinion. And this is why I largely stopped playing video games. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. Like that's just what works for me ultimately. Cause it's like, okay, you know, chopping somebody up in Skyrim with a sword is pretty cool, right? It's pretty fun. But here's the thing. If I could do something in real life that can give me like more uh, joy, more senses, more, energy because it will because i'm actually doing something that is way better for me so like i dropped out of playing video games and i enrolled in playing real life and that's been infinitely more uh fruitful and rewarding and things like that and i don't know i just want to kind of a tangent i'm not saying that you or brian you get both of you guys are great are uh you know are, are doing this but like i'm just telling you that because like that's a trap that i found a lot of people fall into when they talk about this sort of thing You've given me something to think about. I will say, I will say, uh, this month in particular, I have been focusing too much on that. I will Mm. say. 
Yeah. I guess what you're saying is really don't, I mean, be, be blissfully ignorant. Is that in this, in, in this area? Is that what you're saying? Ignore those, ignore all those people. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I just think it's like, um, like you should be looking and listening at, you know, what's relevant to you. And, um, you know, if we're talking about like in terms of online stuff, like, well, people are commenting on your posts and like maybe similar things in like your industry and like what other podcasters are doing and like these people and these people, I think that's very important, but I just think it's like, you know, like there's always going to be idiots out there. There's always going to be stupid people. There's always going to be scammers and there's always going to be, you know, snake oil salesmen, there's always going to be these kinds of people. And it's just like, they've always been there. And like, what's more important is just focusing in on your own story and what you know you are able to, um, to help people with, you know? Certainly, certainly. Mm. So now I want to talk about growing a podcast, growing my podcast, right? I, I'm six months in now, saw some, saw some good growth over the first four months and the last two, it has, you know, stayed, you know, pretty much, pretty much the same. Um, so your top three actions to grow a podcast and we dove pretty, pretty deeply into one of them on the phone a couple of weeks ago. And that was LinkedIn. Whenever I go to LinkedIn, and I told you this before, of course, whenever I go to LinkedIn, my, the first thing on my feed, if it's not a post that you put out with like a thousand likes, if it's not one of those, it's Mark Metry commented on so-and-so's post. And it's a freaking like dope comment too. Like I always, <laughs> I always find myself liking it, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like it's a, they're thoughtful comments and most like. of the time. And <laughs> so sometimes you do say agreed, but let's, but I, but like, it's just a, it's smart, man. It's you're, you're, you're doing it well. Um, Thanks, dude. but your posts, man, like I, I can comment and I've been commenting on posts ever since we had that conversation, uh, much, much more. I've been interacting with people so much more than, than ever, but, but I don't know how, to create a post on LinkedIn that consistently gets multiple hundreds of likes and you probably get, you know, hundred thousand views because I had, I, I know because I had the one post like that, the one I had one that had 900 likes and 120,000 views and you know, a couple hundred comments. And that was, that was it. But you do it, you do it multiple times per week where you're getting so much attention driving so many people to your podcast so much so to the point where at one point your podcast was in the top 100 right above tim ferris and the school of greatness with lewis howe some of my favorite podcasts and some 21 year old kid named mark metry was right above there and he goes he goes it's linkedin <laughs> you know so yeah. how do you where do you come up with this content, man? Cause it's freaking awesome content. I find myself relating to it every single time. I find myself wanting to jump out of my seat and, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I get comment on it. You know, it's great stuff. Where does this, where does this come from? Yeah. So, so when Seth Godin came on my podcast, him and I were talking and he's written a blog every single day for like, like the last 12 years. Yep. And basically we were talking about it and it's like, 
it does something to your brain to where you are much more able to articulate and craft a meaningful emotion, story, thought, meaning in 1300 characters or less, right? I obviously have a long way to go from Seth Godin, but you know, I've been doing this every single day since March, ever since I had Quentin Allums come on my podcast. He really motivated me to get serious about LinkedIn. And I've literally been doing it every single day. I think I've missed a day or two here and there and this and that. But ultimately, it's been every single day. And um, like as somebody who, who has a podcast, like that's just the way I go, man. Like a, a big way for me to, you know, I don't know if I have a mental disorder or something, but, uh, you know, a, a really great way for me to become like aware of my thoughts and see where they're going or else they just you know, get a hold of me is I either need to like write them down or I need to talk about them. So like, do my, my podcast, even if I'm just like talking to myself in my solo episodes, like that's a kind of therapy for me. And like, that's taught me that like, and this is kind of, this is what, this goes back to LinkedIn and like your personal brand. I think what having a personal brand is all about is sharing the things that you probably wouldn't like the things that you just normally keep to yourself. So like literally every single day, I'm always like figuring out stuff. I'm always like thinking about things and I'll just have like, have like a realization or something. And I'll just like write that into a LinkedIn post. Cause I'm like, okay, like I've never really heard this in like a real life conversation all the time. Like maybe, you know, if I put that out there, what would happen? So like I started doing that and like, that's gotten me to do better. And I've built kind of like a community on there and a, and a following. So like, that's why my posts get viewed and liked that many times. But here's the thing, man, if you ask yourself that question, like, how do I, get a post with, uh, you know, hundreds of likes or whatever. That's the wrong question, man. And if you do that, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Yeah. Um, listen, man, it's never going to be about the likes or the views. For example, my friend Quentin Allen's here as a high pro high performing creative individual, like he is, you know, he's running a company. He's like doing all these crazy things. One of the top video content creators on LinkedIn. He had a post once that I think like went ridiculously viral. Like, millions of views on LinkedIn, like, like 500,000 likes, like just ridiculous. Right. And he told me after that happened, he just realized he was like always chasing down the likes. And here's the thing. It's never enough. It's never, <sighs> it's never great enough. And like what happens is like that, that like trains you to be like this Guinea pig to like where like you're trying to find like these certain things, you're trying to find like these certain algorithms and, and different things. So like what you should be focused on, is like, yo, if I could, if I could connect with, uh, with somebody on a meaningful level to somebody like Jordan here that lives on, you know, for some people it's on the other side of the planet. And if I'm able to like articulate anything and get them to, um, you know, move, think, or do something different about their lives, that makes me pretty happy. It's like once you kind of start thinking in that end mode and then you really start to get narrow about it and like when you're writing these posts, you know, make sure they're about you, but they're not about you, right? Like you, you want to be the conduit. You want to be the, the relaying of the message to where the person reading it sees themselves in your post. So like when I, when I write like these personal things and I take like a couple elements of my life and then I make sure at the end, most of the time, if I do a good job to always relate back to like the bigger picture, like what way we should be looking and maybe something a little bit bigger. So like it goes to these people and like, 
I would say another great thing about LinkedIn and what I've really used is, oh no, hold up. Before that, I want to say something. So yesterday, one of my friends, Paul Dio, he ran this workshop on how to do LinkedIn and like his apartment building. And basically like in the, in the class, he showed my profile and he showed some of my posts and stuff. And he was like, yeah, look at this dude. He's getting like, you know, 500 likes, like hundreds of thousands of views, this, this, and that. And then he showed another post and it's this one dude, right? I don't know. He's like some kind of marketer or something. And then he wrote in the post, uh, four likes, two comments, $60,000 in revenue. And what he did is because like, it doesn't actually matter how many people see your post, how many likes, how many comments you get. Like, cool. That's great for like brand influence. And like that stuff is pretty important, but, 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 you know, if you're running a business, if you're running something where you're trying to get attention for people to buy or do something or subscribe, you know, it's only going to matter. It's like those, those few amount of people. Hmm. Like you can, you can make, like, if you're a business, you can make a ridiculous amount of money if four people see your post, you know, it really just depends on the, uh, the message and like the value behind that. And more importantly, right. And I made a video about this like a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. And it was like, what I think to be the most important thing about LinkedIn is what you just told me at the beginning. And it's every time I go on LinkedIn, I see your post or I see your comment or this and that. When you do that and you're consistent, right? Like just like you are consistent in every other area of your life, you start to gain legitimacy. You start to gain trust. And then like what happens is the other person starts to see you as um, like a closer friend. That's how business happens. That's how podcast interviews happen. That's how relationships happen. That's how referrals, that's how this, 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 and that. So like that's one strategy. That's what I've been doing. I don't think that's the only way to do it. Like I like going back to the original thing, like you can have five people look at your post and make $60,000. You know, like I think it really just depends on what your goal is and then what you're comfortable with in creating content. The main thing is that, you know, everyone's asking how to do, uh, how, how to make great content, but nobody, but they're not actually doing it. Like they're just asking, they're just asking. If you go back to some of my early posts, they were literally awful. But I just kept on doing that. I kept on doing it every single day, every single day. And then eventually, like going back to that Seth Godin principle, like your brain begins to learn how to start to navigate this platform and how to, you know, express your own thoughts and your own words. And like coming from somebody that had a problem with that in real life, this has really helped me in like a number of ways, not just from like the branding and influence side, but like just like on a personal, on like a mental, on like a psychological level. It's pretty crazy to say, but... Um, I believe it. And, you know, I think LinkedIn is just all about like, you know, what do you want? And then like, look around, see who's, see who's doing similar stuff, learn from them, get them on your podcast, and then just like remain true to your values and be consistent, show up every single day, make content every single day, engage with people every single day, do this. You know, that's it. It's really that simple. Man, I can't wait to listen to this and rewind it. 20 times over and just, <laughs> this is great. So that's your big macro strategy for growing your podcast. Give me maybe two micro yeah. strategies. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Yeah. So, so as I said, like LinkedIn is a big part of it, but here's another part of it, right? So there's this website called Quora and um, this website, Quora, Q U O R A 
right. You've definitely heard of it. Cause whenever you Google something, it comes up in like the first, second, third result on Google. So basically what that is, it's like, it's a more intellectual version of Yahoo answers. So when I was starting my business at the end of 2016, 2017, I used core a lot for like marketing, for like answering questions and getting people to my business's website and getting more awareness, getting more traffic. And then I ended up getting like, um, top writer status in core of 2018. And then they launched video. So what I've been doing, and I, I really need to get back into this, but th- this has helped my podcast grow. Basically, people, somebody will ask a question, right? Like I'm sure you've seen it. And then you have the ability to answer in video now. So like I'll literally look at a question and I'll literally take, take my phone and I'll record it like, yo, blah, 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 blah. This is the my answer, right? So I'll put that up there, okay? And like th- this is not a significant number by any means because I actually haven't even put much time into it. A lot of those videos end up getting like, you know, like one, 5,000, 10,000 views. And like what that, right. And like, here's the thing, what that does is like a big way that I think about the internet, right? There's social media, which is people doing stuff on apps, on specific websites, like twitter.com, facebook.com. And those are like bigger ecosystems. And then there's like the actual internet itself, which is like, um, like going on websites, um, going on businesses' websites, um, Googling things, search engines, all that stuff. If I look up something and a Quora link pops up one, two, three on Google, you're covering the other half of the internet, oh. <laughs> basically. So, like, if you do that enough, I think my answers are at total now like half a million. Like, it, I need to get back into it. Like, I'm re- I really need to be more consistent in that. But like, the few things that I have done has gotten me some pretty great results. Um, and it's also good for, maybe this could be a next tactic, but it's really good for like building your website's SEO and its backlinking position. Quora is one of the top websites on the internet now. Right. So if you place a link, and you, you want to be careful about this. You don't want to be too spammy. But if you place a, uh, a relevant link that's appropriate for the context of your answer and you link it back to your website, Google sees that and they rank you up. So then you can have like a very domain authoritative website just from like getting backlinks from Quora. You can do it with medium.com. We can do it with linkedin.com doing those things. But like, really, I don't even think having a website is too important to be honest with you in terms of the, um, like the awareness reach. You definitely want to have a website for like legitimizing purposes for contacting purposes, but it's like a website is just like a website is so like, 2014, 15, 16, which definitely does not mean you should not have one because everyone should have a website, but just don't focus on it too much. Like spend your time on Facebook, not Facebook, some people, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, some Twitter, Quora, things like that. Um, and I would probably say the last thing in terms of a podcast is, um, is this. So one of, and this isn't like too too practical tactical I, I think it is though because this this for me took me to the next level when i started to treat my guests um not like a guest and just like a normal human like if i like before i started getting on podcast this was hard for me to imagine until after i started getting invited on podcast because i couldn't imagine myself being on the other side but once that started happening i was like oh shit these are normal people too and if I treat them like normal people, like that want things, that prefer things, that do this, that do that, you know, then I can maybe start to form a relationship with them and maybe 
you know, the both of us can, can benefit from that. So like in my podcast, the moment when I actually started to treat my guests like normal people, right? And I'm, and I'm not saying stuff like, because I've been on so many podcasts where, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's just not my thing. But like where I'll finish an interview and then they'll immediately, they'll try to sell me on something. Oh, Right away. And I'm like, bro, is this like a, like a, like a 50 minute, like, like seductive sales pitch? And it's like, and it's like, listen, like I've, I've interviewed unbelievably busy people like Seth Godin, like Jay Sammet, like David Meltzer, like, like people literally on like a world-class level. A lot of them don't even have time for you to say like three minutes, something after an interview ends. But if you can keep some sort of an ongoing relationship. And a lot of them are not like that. Like a lot of people have like five, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, an hour after at the end of a podcast, where like we get to know each other a little bit more. Um, but for the ones that don't like just doing great things for them, like um, David Meltzer, for example, he won humanitarian of the, of the year award. He was the CEO of the world's first smartphone, unbelievably successful dude. So nice. And mm. he was like, one of the first biggest interviews that I ever did. And I landed it like just out of pure luck. And because he's a super nice dude and like his assistant hooked me up with like 20 minutes of this dude's time. And I do that. I'm like freaking out. I'm like super nervous. And I do this interview 20 minutes done, post it, get it out there. This, and this is before I was even like sharing it on LinkedIn or anything. Or like maybe I wrote like one post, but after that, like I just didn't stop talking to him. And like after I started to understand this, after I started to interview more people, get on more podcasts, and I started to really understand what I just told you, then that's when I started like doing things for him. And I was like, okay, he's the dude's like a billionaire. Like so, in terms of money, like th there's not that much possible. But then like I started like doing interesting things. Like one of my friends, um, uh, Omar, the rock star, he runs this podcast called The Passionate Few. He interviews like the world's top people, like. Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, like the people yes. that make billions of dollars. I'm sure you've seen him. Oh, yes. And, um, you know, he was, uh, I was talking to him and then I ended up introducing him to David and, and then they ended up recording like a whole interview. Like he went out to LA and they like, they recorded this thing. And then after that, I started like making um, different kinds of like social media posts, promoting our, me and David Meltzer's thing together. I started like mentioning him in LinkedIn posts, started doing a bunch of things like that. Like nothing, nothing too significant, nothing too big. A, like a month later after I started doing that, I get an email from his assistant and um, he basically like, without including too much detail, basically he says like, yo, uh, David, me, David wanted me to introduce you to this guy. And then I talked to this guy. He's a professional basketball player and he's coming on my podcast. <laughs> nice. So like doing all these different things and like branch out these relationships has created so many different things for me. Like it's gotten me like, you know, remove the podcast, remove that platform in general, just like the network, just like the connection to have the ability to talk to somebody for an extended period of time, especially like in this day of age where, you know, it's beneficial for both of their times. Cause at least like you're giving them something like a potential awareness, attention for whatever they're doing, like their books, their, their thing, whatever. Um, it, it is un, unbelievable. And when I started doing that, it opened up so many different opportunities, opened up so many um, referrals, so much business, so much like good camaraderie, like me uh, getting acquainted with that person, then introducing them to meet this person for their podcast. And then that person is the same thing. And like, that's, that's, that was like the, 
the most recent shift that I had on this kind of podcast, like just over the last like three months. Mm-hmm. And it's really taken it to like a whole other freaking level. But here's the thing though. You want to make sure that they see you as an equal. So if you're like, oh, oh yeah, Mark, uh, I know you're so cool and you're, and you're this and you're that and you're that, like that just, that sets them up on a pedestal. And then they like, you know, oftentimes they start acting in that case, like, and they're not even conscious of it, you know, just cause like as humans, um, you know, behavior is a really interesting thing. So like, you want to make sure that they see you as an equal. And like, like I said at the, at the beginning, it doesn't come, sometimes it doesn't come like during the same day you do the interview. Sometimes it comes a week, two weeks, a month, a year after, you know, but you have to kind of keep the attempt at keeping that um, engagement up and just treating them like, like you would like a normal friend, like just like you would, like you text them like every couple of weeks, like you'd see what they're posting. You'd like try to talk to them like that kind of stuff. Yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to seeing where our relationship goes, man. I mean, this is our second time talking now over the phone. And I mean, we've had countless uh, messages and comments and, and whatnot. And uh, just, I'm really looking forward to this, my man, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny what you say, uh, you know, you interview these billionaires and extremely, extremely successful people, actual mm-hmm. successful people, not just, not imposters, you know, like mm-hmm. Seth Godin, like my, you know, my favorite writer and, mm-hmm. um, which, what's it? Yeah, I, I bet. What's interesting is that you said the other week or last week that you can get him to respond to your messages faster than, yeah. than most ordinary people you can get successful people they maintain their like they don't have to they don't reschedule and cancel and they follow up afterwards and and i find that that was another one of those posts that you put out that i just found myself like i was like oh my god you know it's it's so it's so true it was like a subconscious thing in my mind you know before you had written that but you put it into words um yeah let me me tell you this man listen when i text seth godin or naveen jane or these people on like there's definitely so many unbelievable exceptions i'm not saying if you don't do this you're like a loser or anything like that but it's like those people just have their stuff together where if i text naveen jane on like a friday night at like 7 30 he'll respond back by like 7 40 boom like that and it's just like i've really learned like these people are super efficient they know exactly what what they want to do in the world what they want to get out they prioritize their time they know exactly what kind of actions um they should be taking um and really what i think is like those kinds of people without exception i mean no there are definitely exceptions like i'm not like some people are ridiculously busy and they don't get there but those kinds of people um are the winners like they have prioritized their time they figured it out and it is um it's exactly at the level that i want to be at. i'm not there yet but i'm working on it you know i'm trying to be more efficient i'm trying to be more communicative and, and clear but for sure that's a great thing all right my man so i want to wrap this up if you had a microphone and everyone, when you speak into this microphone, you have it for 30 seconds. Everyone in the world has earbuds in right now listening to this message. 
30 seconds, what is that message? I would say this, listen, nobody's ever going to pick you in your life. If you want to um, create something, you just got to do it, poke something, life will, will, will stick out. And um, this is how you do it. Take action. No, excuse me. Take responsibility for your life. Take ownership, take action and just find the way. It's as simple as that. That's what I would say. Yes, sir. And my final question here, uh, before I ask my final question, though, I do want to acknowledge you, Mark, for being so open, always so real, so relatable. And you just, you're a creator, man. You, you create this awesome content. You're a doer. You own, you own your, you own everything. You take responsibility for everything. You own your life and you've taken control of your life and you're making things happen. And Thanks. Of course, I'm excited to see where our relationship goes, but I'm more excited to see where you go, which you're going to be up to within the next 10 years, 20 years. God, man, we got, you know, don't want to take the time for granted, but, you know, even, even 40, 50 years, I, want to, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. So Amen. what does Life Beautifully Designed look like to you? Uh, for me, it is um, keeping things as simple as possible and waking up in the morning and feeling really excited about what I'm doing for um, other people on an exponential global scale. Right on. Mark Metry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Dude, it's my pleasure, man. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast and if you enjoyed this one today make sure you subscribe if you have not already wherever you're listening to this podcast and make sure to leave an honest review as well when you leave a review we grow we spread this message of growth even further now if you're ready to really take your life to the next level then you can go ahead and get my book growth mindset university which is available on Amazon. And by getting this book, you're not just supporting me and this channel, but you're also getting a book that's going to lay out the rules and principles for you to creatively and effectively design your life full of joy and fulfillment. Whatever that looks like to you, it's going to be a life filled with purpose. All right. Now, thank you for listening today. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count live to learn and grow to give.